Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. When a Federation-spanning conspiracy comes home to roost, Picard will have to decide who to trust. But when another Federation ship is obliterated, Picard will have no choice but to confront Federation High Command. From May 7th, 1988, it's Season 1, Episode 24, Conspiracy, or The Only Good Bug is a Dead Bug. (laughs) I'm Cam, that's Dan, and we are Pest Control. better you should start having fun with that we are you know say whoever you want it to be (laughs) oh daniel so how's this uh continuity treating you you see characters Uh, coming back a little little continuation picking up on threads from an earlier episode right i must say i am impressed 1988 i know things were happening and also, there's some truly incredible makeup, and then there's some truly terrible claymation, all in the same scene. Ooh, real bad, real bad. <laughs> I thought, we have turned a corner. This is the next generation. And then, ooh boy, <laughs> this is this is just, wow. But overall, it was a hell of an episode. And the penultimate to season one. Can you believe that shit? I cannot. I cannot. Okay, <laughs> um, <clears throat> here's the thing. <laughs> On stardates 41775.5 through 41780.2. Ooh. <laughs> the Enterprise is en route to Pacifica on a scientific and sexy relaxing time mission. Captain Picard receives a highly confidential message. Code 47 from an old friend, Captain Walker Keel, played by Jonathan Farwell of the USS Horatio. Keel refuses to discuss his concerns, even though the frequency he's using is supposedly a secure, uh, a secure channel and insists on a face to face meeting. They set course for Detalix B and discover the Horatio and two other Federation ships already present. Picard beams down alone to the surface and is met by Captain Keel and other captains. He is tested <laughs> by knowing things, knowing things about his past and his friendship with Keel. Keel, after being satisfied, reports strange orders from Starfleet headquarters and what he implies are suspicious deaths of Starfleet officers and expresses concern for a conspiracy. Picard refuses to accept this without proof, but Keel warns him to remain wary. When the captain returns to the Enterprise, he is challenged by Counselor Troy about keeping his contract with Keel secret. Picard is skeptical about the conspiracy, but says that he trusts his old friend completely. The Enterprise resumes its previous journey. Picard and Data. Picard has Data review all the orders issued from Starfleet Command in the past six months. While the ship is still en route, a disturbance is detected in a nearby space. Upon investigating, the Enterprise discovers a mass of debris that surely must be the shattered remains of the Horatio. 
Data completes his study and finds several strange orders from the senior levels of Starfleet. Picard informs his senior staff of the conspiracy theory and orders the Enterprise to Earth. As it approaches, the Enterprise receives no response from Starfleet Command, which is strange. It's very strange. That's odd. Eventually, a transmission is received from a trio of Starfleet admirals. Savar, played by Henry Darrow. Eron, played by Ray Reinhardt. And Quinn, reprising Ward Costello, reprising his role from an earlier episode. An old friend of Picard's, who had made an inspection in Coming of Age. They are surprised by the Enterprise's presence, but invite Captain Picard and Commander Riker to dinner. Quinn requests to beam aboard the Enterprise for a tour. A, a tour. Apparently that's how I say that word now. A tour. A tour. Captain it's Picard. Like sneezing. A tour. I like it. I'm going to just do that on purpose now. Captain Picard recalls being warned. This is a really plot heavy episode. I'm sorry. Very. It's so plotty. It's so plotty. Captain Picard recalls being warned by Quinn about some kind of threat to Starfleet when the Admiral was last aboard. Upon Quinn's arrival, Picard discusses the matter with him and Quinn seems strangely elusive. Picard comes to believe that he is an imposteur or some other sort of alien influence. After warning Riker about his concerns, he asks him to watch Quinn, and the captain beams down to Starfleet headquarters to attend the dinner. On arrival, Picard is greeted by two other admirals, accompanied by Quinn's assistant, the little twerp, Lieutenant Commander Remick, played again by Robert Shikan. Shen Khan, sorry. Meanwhile, Riker visits Quinn's quarters on the Enterprise and questions him about what he has in a small box he brought with him. Quinn tells Riker of a superior life form within the box. Riker attempts to leave, but Quinn throws Riker across the room, which is always fun. A security team arrives to subdue Quinn, who is able to withstand a great amount of phaser fire before he collapses. Dr. Crusher finds a small protrusion on the back of his neck. His neck. <laughs> Freudian slip. No, the dude, the dude had chins and he had necks. <laughs> chins and necks. She discovers a bug-like parasite wrapped that has its tendrils wrapped around the stem of his brain and is controlling him. Dr. Crusher warns Picard of this incident when he contacts the ship in private. He is advised that the infected person can only be stopped by a phaser set to kill. The captain points out that he is unarmed and that he has no choice to go to dinner with his three superiors. At dinner, a bowl of living larvae is served at the meal, <laughs> which yay, makes maggots. yay, which makes Picard want to vom, totes vom, spew everywhere. He attempts to leave, only to find Riker blocking his way. The commander appears to be controlled by the parasite Quinn brought to the Enterprise. Ah, fuck! When the others see the prosthetic protrusion, oh god. <laughs> It's like I've never read anything in my life. When the others see a prosthetic protrusion on the back of Riker's neck, he is accepted as one of them and allowed to dine. They reveal that the parasites are seeking to take over Starfleet, using humanoids as hosts. But he is about to put a handful of larvae in his mouth. Riker suddenly produces phasers and fires at one of the admirals. Picard picks up a fallen weapon, and the two Enterprise officers subdue the infected, causing parasites to leave the hosts and flee. One of the parasites scurries under a closed door, and Picard and Ryko follow it. They find Remick, who ingests the parasite. Disturbingly. Mm -hmm. Picard and Riker fire upon Remick, and manage to melt his face off, and then blow up his skull. And then the giant parasite <laughs> works his way out of its ribcage. 
in a truly, truly wonderful display of horror for network television in the 80s. Oh, yeah. John Carpenter-esque. It's great. Yeah. Later, Dr. Crusher reports that the other parasites, including the one inside Quinn, have shriveled up and died as they were unable to survive without the queen creature that had been inhabiting Remick. And as they help set her matters, set her, oh Jesus, settle matters with Starfleet headquarters, they find that before Remick was killed, he had tried to send a signal to a distant quadrant of the galaxy. The signal was thought to be a homing beacon. Dun, dun, dun. And so ends conspiracy with very dramatic end credits just staring out into space yeah maybe setting something up who knows perhaps oh what a what an intense ride (laughs) yeah i'm exhausted it was I know. I was watching it at midnight, and I was like, "Man, I'm not gonna be able to go to bed after this. This is just too, it's too intense. It's gonna get my little heart in a flutter." <laughs> did it? Did it get your heart in a flutter? No, no, that was the drugs. But uh, I did enjoy this. Your heart in a flutter and your pants in a banter. Mm-hmm. This this feels this feels like lyrics from Oklahoma that I just don't know. <laughs> No, I was with so- my heart in a flutter and my pants in a panter. <laughs> I was just subtly referencing your other podcast, but whatever. Aha! <laughs> if you think I'm funny, you should hear the other guy. Twenty minutes of banter. <laughs> Ooh, He's Cameron, funny in a twisted what- way. He's funny in a should be locked up kind of way. Yep. Cameron, a what did you love evil. about this episode? <laughs> Ah, he is. What? <laughs> what, did, what? 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 You, what? You done love about this here episode? I done there, loved Rojan? everything about it. Yeah. I um, I loved the secrecy. I loved the panickedness. I mean, I loved all the captains meeting down there. Captain Ricks, Captain Trila Scott, and Captain Walker Keel. I loved the backstory of Trila, even though it was quick but you know it was just a very clever way of establishing starfleet's best and brightest in the same place it was also just nice to see so many pips on so many collars you know yeah you feel me i also loved i I like a good pip on a collar i loved the continuation and i mean i honestly loved everything except the little claymation of the little creature (laughs) But I loved the makeup on the back of the necks. I loved, um, yeah, I loved the fact that it was our least favorite character in that episode who comes back to be the queen mother. And uh, Mm -hmm. I so badly wanted to give it away, but I couldn't. I wanted you to be surprised. Well, I was I was surprised that he was hosting the queen because usually with him, I'd be like, no, queen. But in this case, I was like, yes, queen. (laughs) Yes, queen. (laughs) <laughs> but not Yar Queen. Not Yar Queen. Credit only, Cameron. She's with us in credit only. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed all of the performances. I I always love when a captain breaks direct orders to make something secret because he trusts his bridge crew. And yeah. I Agreed. Also, sorry, go ahead. No. You said I also. You had more. I mean, keep loving on it, Cameron. Cover I, it in your love. <laughs> too late. Um, 
this episode I love. Um, I've always loved it. I remember being terrified as a child of the exploding skull and the thing. But, uh, <laughs> and the claymation was terrible back, I mean, terrifying back in the 90s because it was, you know, the 90s. Um, but this episode was written by Tracy Torme and he's killing it. And I love that. I love it so much, Dan. What uh, did you love? I really liked the whole nature of the conspiracy. I liked that we were paying off seeds that had been planted earlier. I hope that they continue along that trajectory. They will. Um, that sort of continuing story. Very enjoyable. I love a good serialized series. <laughs> I know um, you do. I really enjoyed data crunching the numbers. <laughs> which I appreciate the the pun that is is there that just made my little heart sing, but also that uh, he started talking to himself. What a human thing to do! I know. And then he remarked upon it, and even the computer had to tell him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It was great. Um, I'm just trying to think of things you didn't mention. Also, we got to see a man in one of the cheerleader outfits. There was a background extra who was dressed in one of the skirted um, uniforms. Yeah. And it was very clearly a man. Um, Also, we got a 60s fight. We got a straight up 60s fight. We did. The old guy just pushing people around, kicking Riker's ass right through the table, Busted Jordy out the doors, and then you and me, Klingon, you and me. And then he just <laughs> chucks Worf across the table. I wrote in my notes, yay, Worf fight. Oh, it's done. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah. Um, I I loved the animation and effects on the queen. Um, I really appreciated the little neck tendrils. Those were great. I love that they blew up the Horatio, the Horatio, the Horatio, that they had the balls to be like, no, this ship is getting destroyed. Um, It's nice when they, you know, allow for wanton loss of life because this is a intergalactic, you know, war machine. Let's be honest. Um, (laughs) They're benevolent fascists, Cameron. That's what they are. It's okay. But are are they? They are. I am kind of bummed that we didn't get to see the Horatio until it was in pieces, but... uh, Yeah, or that we couldn't have seen it blow up because that would have been super cool. Yeah. Would have been super cool. But um, also the the whole meeting at uh, Dytilix B, yeah? Yes. Um, Was great. Uh, the co- the notion of the Code 47 was interesting. The whole conspiracy played out really nicely. I liked it a lot. I really liked it a lot. Me too. Mm-hmm. It was very well done. Yeah. Especially for the penultimate episode. It finishes strong. It finishes strong. Yeah. It finishes very strong. I think that it's a a really solid episode. One of my favorites that we've had so far. Good. Uh- But that doesn't mean it's beyond scrutiny, Cameron. Well, of course not. What really ground your gears? What really just chapped <laughs> your nacelle? 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, the thing that chapped my in the cell the most was. I mean, I loved getting to see the other captains, but it bummed me out that we didn't really get to see the other ships. And it's mostly because mm-hmm. there weren't models built yet. But uh, budget. Yep. I mean, that really ground my gears. Um, I also <laughs> the claymation is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the design of the creatures wasn't bad at all. I would love to. I wish they would digitally redo them like they did the original series, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I just. <laughs> I mean, that was really it. It was just little things. Um, I love and hate the Admiral uniforms from season one, they're just really yeah. something. <laughs> They're they're a little extra. <laughs> I I mean they're they're too extra for me, and that's saying something. Wow, that's like being too over the top for Lady Gaga. That's, I know that's a lot. I know. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I do have a question. Yes, Dan. Aaron. Why could the transporters not detect that there was more than one life form? In fact, they beamed up three because there was the Admiral, his little buddy hiding in his neck, and the additional one he brought in the case. So uh, why, did, why couldn't they detect that? <laughs> um, honestly and truly, it's because there would have been no episode. So they couldn't even put in a throwaway light of like, oh, for a second there, it seemed like there was more than one life form, but I guess it was wrong because clearly there's there's just the guy, right? Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, they could have done a throwaway line about how it <clears throat> transforms its cells to match your It becomes signature. undetectable. It becomes part of the host. It's in my bones now, making me strong. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know who that was, but I liked it. Yeah, right. That was generic white old admiral. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I talk when I get mad with power because the thing is influencing me. Ah, I'm a general (laughs) admiral, whatever rank. Ah. There's a little bit of McCoy in there, and I kind of love that. That's because McCoy was always like one bad day away from just, you know, fucking the whole federation from just going full evil dr mccoy with his bag of poisons and just taking over everything well i think in tribute of that horrifying idea you should maybe just read all of the admiral quinn's as mccoy well we'll see jim (laughs) i just really am looking forward to you having to do the admiral and Picard. <laughs> it's going to be good for me. It's going to be real good for me. And it's going to be good for you, listeners. Just you wait. So was there anything else that just really, that you hated that that just besides the blatant overlook of things that we've already established? Um, I thought that the... Um, I thought that the violence at the end was really shocking. I liked it, but I was like, this does not seem like Star Trek. They just blew that dude's fucking head up like it was, like he looked in the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. They it did. just <laughs> melted. I was like, 
Oh my god. Yep, his skin melted off, and then apparently that's why they don't shoot people in the face, because it melts your skin off and then explodes your head. Yeah. Um I did I did hate that Picard was like, I can't share this with my people because then they'll be implicated. He said to Diana. <laughs> sorry, Deanna, implicating her. I'm like, you can't that's a that's a that's an inside thought. That's a that's a memo to your personal log. You don't say that to someone. I can't tell anyone because then they're implicated. I wanted her to look at him and go, well, what the fuck, dude? Why'd you just tell me that? <laughs> that was rude. Yes. 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 Uh, but yeah, those are pretty much my only complaints. Um, we got to actually have an alien. We one did. Of the other captains. So that made me happy because... You know, Non-humanoid. What? Yeah. It was good. It was good. In a lot of ways, I, it was really good. I am curious. Something that I hated was that the mother creature took up so much room in the body. Yeah. It's like, okay, she so did you eat the organs huge. and are just running it now like a meat puppet or what's happening? I just assumed that, which is funny considering that was definitely a puppet. I thought it was a puppet inside a puppet. Um, <laughs> I, I interpreted it as her like pulling levers and... And pushing knobs like, you know, when they pull back the curtain on the wizard and the Wizard of Oz, that's how <laughs> she was operating his body. <laughs> <laughs> or like um, Belle's father's invention, the wood chopping thing. You know, it's just a bunch of levers and pulleys. She just tugs on the esophagus and brings it down to her own mouth. And she's turned his ribs into a xylophone. <laughs> I just will. I'm just thinking of space balls now when the when the xenomorph baby jumps out of the guy's chest and <laughs> hello my baby hello my honey <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, hello my ragtime gal uh. <laughs> you don't understand click click whiz whiz we mean you no harm click click whiz whiz <laughs> <laughs> we seek peaceful yeah. coexistence <laughs> yeah I'm not buying it you're hijacking all my peoples <laughs> So maybe we should just blow you the fuck up. <laughs> like it became the Picard and Riker action hour and I it was did. into it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you guys just fucking clean house. You just become the, the men in black. Yep. <laughs> Guess what? We don't have time for your shit. Boom. <laughs> Set phaser to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Picard, I think, had one of my favorite quotes of the entire series this Which episode. Which is? So. Friendship must dare to risk, Counselor, or it is not friendship. So good. Right? <laughs> do you want to do Deanna? Um, that's a personal question. She's a fictional character. Um, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I meant, I was on do the what, ship would you like and we'd known each other her? for a while. I mean, I'd want to go out with her and just see, get to know her, but I just, uh, the empath. Oh, yeah, I'll be, de I'll be, I'll be, de <laughs> um, I appreciate your dexterity in handling that situation, Dan. That was lovely. Thank you thank for you. continually being a feminist. I appreciate it. Well, you know, as long as it leads to a good improv bit, I'm down for whatever cause. <laughs> <laughs> are you? I mean, I yeah. know you are. You know I am. I'm down for I'm down for anything. Let's let's talk about giving cats the right to vote. I don't know why, just because I think it'd be fun. <laughs> it would be fun. Uh, God, would it be by string pull? 
<laughs> it would be. <laughs> oh my God, we're at war with everyone. Cats are evil. <laughs> He says with a cat on his lap. All right. Counselor Troy says, have you ever been for a real moonlight swim? One can swim in moonlight? How about you, Mr. Worf? Swimming is too much like bathing. So do Klingons not bathe? Is that a thing? They don't need to. What do you mean they don't need to? I mean, they what, smell... What, are they chinchillas? Does he just roll around in dust? They smell beautiful all the time. I don't believe you. <laughs> there are I so many crevasses to wash, Dan. Exactly. I feel like bathing would be really necessary. Well, they take sonic showers in the future, which does not actually involve any water. It uses energy to make you clean. God, this sounds awful. Alcohol that doesn't get you drunk, showers that don't involve water. Yeah, I mean, it's better for you, but at what cost, Cameron? <laughs> don't tell me people exercise in the future, too. Yeah, they do. I mean, you can still, the thing is, is you can still take water showers as well, but they have sonic showers, which are faster and apparently invigorating, so I hear. Probably less fun for, you know, making whoopee in, but still. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I guess I just can't imagine a sonic shower being fun. <laughs> Is this good for you? <laughs> what? <sighs> you like that? What about the cat? <laughs> uh, All right, do it, do it, Admiral Aaron. Me, as McCoy. All right. <laughs> what do you know of conspiracies, Captain? Not nearly enough, I suppose. <laughs> That's the charming thing about them, isn't it? When a machination is real, no one knows about it. And when it's suspected, it's almost never real, Jim. <laughs> Except, of course, in paranoid delusion for those who believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was good for me. That was really good for me. Captain, you must set your phaser to kill. Stun has little effect. Doctor, one does not beam down to Starfleet headquarters armed, just like they do not simply walk into Mordor. <laughs> or roll into the Xavier Mansion, as it were. Mm hmm. All we ask is that you keep your eyes open. That's sound advice at any time, Captain. <laughs> so snarky. Do you want to do data or magil? Uh, I'll do data. Startling. Quite extraordinary, in fact. Direction unclear. Please repeat request. That was not a request. I was simply talking to myself. A human idiosyncrasy triggered by a fascination with a particular set of facts or something brought about by senility or used as a means of weighing information before reaching a conclusion, or as a... Thank you, sir. I comprehend. <laughs> Vitamins. They do wonders for the body. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Patience is one of our virtues, Captain. We didn't go after you. You, we allowed you to come after us. More dramatic that way, don't you think? 
I love that <laughs> theater is important to the, to these aliens. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> shit indeed, Cameron. Shit, shit indeed. indeed. You'll be one of us soon. Well, Dan, how should we rate this puppy? Oh, boy. Um, terrifying queen puppets? <laughs> Yoth queen. Or bowls, or bowls of maggots. <laughs> terrifying queen puppets all the way. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give this episode four terrifying queen puppets. You know what? 4.25. I'm having a great time. This has been lovely. It was so much fun to rewatch this episode. Yeah, and honestly, you know, this episode's running a little shorter for us because there's there's not much to shit on or riff on. It was pretty good. It was, it was great. Um, yeah, especially as a companion piece to uh, Starship Troopers. It's great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Fuck the Zerg. Fuck the bugs. Uh, yeah, Cameron, I would give this uh, 4.0. This is... Unlike my GPA, it's exceptional. (laughs) Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I had a great time. I had a fabulous time. I'm glad. I hope you all have had a fabulous time as well. If you come back next week, guess what? We're doing the last episode of season one. We sure are. What? What? So, if you want to see or listen to us talk about the neutral zone, and you do, you come on back. You do. Trust you do. me, you do. You do. <laughs> you ready to so- hear Dan geek out about Romulans? <laughs> <gasps> yes! <laughs> oh, all right. Hurry. We got to end this. We've loved it, hated it, quoted it, rated it. That just leaves one more thing to do. And that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but make it so. Keep on trekking! Oh my god, what if Admiral McCoy created these aliens in his lab? (laughs) You're goddamn right. Try to turn me out to pasture. Fly, fly, my wonderful minions. Take over the Federation. There's no one left of my original crew. I'm lonely and my penis doesn't work anymore, so I'm just going to take over everything. God damn it, Jim. (laughs) He's carrying around Shatner's head in a jar. Perhaps. (laughs) This is what you get for loving Spock instead of me. Oh, there it is. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. Do you think they've tried as a thruple at one point and it just didn't work out? I, I mean, that know. camping trip seemed to work very nicely. Uh, yeah, that camping trip was definitely like uh, Spock and and Kirk were, fi- were uh, you know, maybe in their old age, mellowing out a little bit, and they wanted to, you know, reignite the flame, so they thought they'd bring in a third and who better. A Secret Weapon Production.